Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 270 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? Uh, I was doing fine, Joe, until some controversy. Uh, I'm not going to fix that, but uh, until some controversy struck. And I feel like we need to address the gender-neutral monarch right at the top of the show. All right, if you say so. Gender-neutral monarch of At-Odd Wrestling. So, Joe, this week, we obviously, we had the quarterfinals. There were four matches that went on, and voting ended earlier this afternoon. And I'm going to talk about the controversy in a minute, but I just want to go over the results of what we had in that round, according to Twitter.com. So... In the matchup between Alec Price and Filthy Tom Lawler, Tom Lawler advances with 62% of the vote. Biggest margin of anyone winning. Good job. That was a a landslide. Uh, Tom Lawler will be facing the winner of this matchup, and with 57% of the vote, Sky Blue defeats Sam Hardway Holloway. Uh, And again, I would have liked to have seen Sam uh, take this one, uh, but I'd like to see Sky Blue and Tom Lawler wear matching outfits for their matchup. (laughs) I was thinking about the matching Daisy Dukes. Yeah, that'd be good. (laughs) They sell a million tickets. All right. So other over on the other side of the bracket with 57 percent of the vote, Jeff Cannonball defeats Chris Statlander. Uh, maybe an upset, maybe the biggest upset of the tournament. Um, Chris Statlander's a TV personality, uh, but Jeff Cannonball is a very much l- beloved personality in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, and that is one that uh, I feel like did a big swing. Like earlier in the week, Stat was way ahead, mm-hmm. and then Cannonball just completely flipped it over in the last couple of days. There you go. But in the most controversial matchup of this week we had christian cage versus uh kaplan so obviously this was the joe sposto pick right against the air quote the card is going to change pick uh and this as of two days ago had 84 votes okay and the committee to elect Kaplan has been staying on top of this. They've been doing a lot of exit polls. Uh, they may have been doing a lot of late last minute canvassing and trying to get the get people out to vote today. And for whatever reason, when the polls closed, Twitter's still showing that there's only 84 votes. Now, now go, go ahead. ahead. I, I have a couple say, questions. Uh, other polls may or may not have had any changing in their votes as well oh okay but i feel like nobody was really keeping track of those Mm. because a they weren't as closely contested and b it wasn't like you know people weren't last minute campaigning for like holloway you know what i'm saying uh so it is entirely possible that all of the voting for whatever reason just broke at some point in the last two days but again the only one that i have proof of is the Cage versus Kaplan match. Mm. So, Joe, what are your thoughts on this controversy? Who who won the matchup? Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Well, mm-hmm. again, I'm going to look. Yeah. 
And it does say here final results. Yep. And it does say with 52.4% of the vote, Christian Cage won. So that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, that is true. Right. That's one way of looking at it with the final results showing me winning. Um, Now, granted, I've been keeping an eye on this as well. And I say voting, uh, the numbers didn't change on any of the polls as of Monday. They all stagnated on Monday. So Twitter polls have been down for a while. Yeah. Now, I understand that you and Pat's plan to try to fuck me on Adam's fuck around playground was to wait and try to get last minute votes to screw me. Cause I saw the at odds account retweeting the people that were supporting Kaplan, but I didn't see any of the at odds account retweeting the ones that were supporting Christian. Well, I feel like the okay. at odds account, whoever our webmaster is, uh-huh. like our intern, uh, okay. they probably, I, I can't recall all of the things that they did. You know, they usually run the stuff by me, but I'm sure. a busy guy. And I know that they probably liked or retweeted stuff that Stefani said. They didn't. Okay. But the thing is, all of the support for Kaplan was mm. like, first of all, it was much more widespread than the Christian Cage one. Mm. And like, when you have the likes, like, just the, the 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 real like the celebrities were coming out of the woodwork. Like Magnum CK was voicing his like support for Kaplan. Like it wasn't just some jamokes like Joe Sposto, you know? So myself, Stefani, um, just looking to see who else uh sent this out. Young Ed, uh, who sent this out. Well, yeah. Um people like that, they're jamokes and well, young Ed, everyone else, young Ed I, voted for Kaplan. So if I didn't retweet that, mm. he, I mean, he was, I don't know if he voted for Kaplan, but he was telling people to vote for Kaplan. So if I didn't re I'm sorry, if our intern didn't right. retweet that, then that there goes your argument. So because you and Pat waited the last minute to try to fuck me on this, you guys ended up fucking yourselves to that. I say only one thing. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I win. Well, Joe, see, that's the thing. What right, is it's Adam, and that's the thing. It's Adam's fucker on playground, so it doesn't matter if you actually win the vote. Sure. I was just about to say, what is this tournament now being called? Yeah. I think that the most fair thing in the world mm. is what I'm about to announce, and that is for the semifinals. Jeff Cannonball will be competing in a three-way dance against Christian Cage and Kaplan. So the person who did not win gets to go on to the next round. How come this vote? Why aren't all? Why doesn't everyone just move on? Because if, this one is one that was the closest, and I know for a fact that Kaplan would have won if Twitter didn't break. This is the one that was the closest. That's correct. Hmm. I mean, okay. That's, that's math. Okay. Well, again, you do whatever you want to do. And I will win. Okay. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> that's some bold words there. And uh, I, I, I suggest to you and uh, Pat and everybody else that's going to conspire. And again, takes an army to still lose. I, mean, I say we, wait we, till we, the last second to vote won, again. Yeah. Drag your feet. Drag your asses. Don't vote on Friday, Saturday. It's probably football on on Sunday. <laughs> Take your time. Don't even worry about it. Because it doesn't matter if you win or lose, because Adam will just move you on to the finals anyway. 
I will say this. First of all, that's bullshit. Second of all, number one, vote early and often. You know, these polls will go up tomorrow, Friday, around noon. I disagree, um, but go ahead. <laughs> disagree with what? That they're going to go up around noon? No, I, I disagree. Vote. I say wait to the last second. Like no, maybe no, no. wait vote, like 10, you want 15 your, minutes your vote beforehand. To vote early and often. And number two, begrudgingly, the winners of the next round will advance regardless of whether the Twitter polls break or not. It's just that this is unprecedented mm. in the history of the gender neutral monarch. And this is, in my opinion, the most fair way to do this. Because honestly, you could say that it was a last minute push and that's the way a lot of elections are. But if this had gone down to the wire and the polls actually worked, your guy, Christian Cage, would have lost. I know that with 100% certainty. So if anything, this is giving you a one-week reprieve on a loss. No. Okay. You I won. You, didn't, you won a faulty election. I, it's rigged. Yeah. Rigged. So so Jeff Cannonball won a faulty. Sky Blue won a faulty. Quite possibly. Tom Lawler won a faulty. But the only one that's being singled out is me. Because, again, but, it was the closest one, and it's and one I, that I know there was enough votes cap, cast for Kaplan today that would have overturned it. I didn't see any of those votes come through. I haven't seen any <laughs> votes come through on either side in four days. Yeah. Because you and Pat waited the last minute to hatch your scheme. Like I said, take your time, guys. Don't <laughs> even worry about it. And having a third person, a more popular person... In this thing, I'm sure that's not going to skew the vote either way, right? And I'm sure hearing all of this, people are definitely going to side with Adam, who's actively trying to screw me, and Pat, who is the most sore winner and loser in the history of the <laughs> world. I'm sure that's going to really rally the troops around Kaplan to to get this over the top. Listen, if Christian Cage had won through if, the poll lasting seven days... We wouldn't be having this conversation. And he did. He didn't. But again, you are throwing fault into your own system. If this came through that Kaplan won, I would have come on here and said it was a gracious, I, graciously. I'd say Kaplan's my pick. He beat the per, the odds on favor to win the whole thing. I got no arguments here. Uh, you guys, again, it's no fault on Kaplan that you and Pat conspired against me. But it is what it is. Now, granted, I will make sure, and again, I will make sure that our intern does retweet equally. Okay, that's fine. Pro vote for a, Kaplan. An interest in the social media. Go ahead. Say that again. I said, good to see you finally taking an interest in the social media. Listen, I take uh, listen. I take as much social media. Who do you think's helping Danielson? I just want to <laughs> let, let, let a little tease for later, but uh. May the best man win. May the best man or woman win. And I say, unfortunately, to Tom Lawler, to Sky Blue, to Jeff Cannonball, and to Kaplan again. Go fuck yourself. Because I'm gonna win. <laughs> vote early, vote often, people. That's all. Abs I'm I agree. Yeah. All right, Joe. Well, you got this from here because I got to get out of here. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sure. All right. I got this. You'll be right back. I guess. Right. <laughs> uh. No. Uh. Steelers are playing. So. Uh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. If that's cool. A game that has a. What's the line on this? Thirty overall points, and that's what you're. All right. It's uh, the over under of thirty. I think it's <laughs> a. I think this is the game. This. You know what? 
Vansky's pick on this 57 to three Steelers. Just going to call it right now. All right. Have fun, I guess. All right. See you next week. Bye. So Adam's gone, I guess. Um, Steelers game is more important. Um, I wish he had given me a little bit more time. Um, you know, he just said that we're going to do the uh, gender-neutral monarch stuff up front. Well, again, listen, I still got a show to do, so we're going to do a show. Let's uh, let's get into things, huh? And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So we're going to jump around just a little bit with this. Uh, you know, obviously no one to bounce some of this stuff off, but that's just kind of sort of the way that everything goes, you know? Uh, so on this day in wrestling history, back in 1996, uh, ECW held their Holiday Hell event. Uh, not the first and not the last Holiday Hell event. I think so many companies still use that moniker to this day. I didn't think next weekend's next week's Time Bomb Pro show that my good friend Ultramantis Black is wrestling Eric Cannon on is also called Holiday Hell. Um, I don't know. Somebody should just be cute and call it Holiday Hack. Uh, But this is an ECW show that did not get a home release. Um, It is a very mixed bag of a release. The big two things that came out of this that got shown on TV for the most part. uh, Three things, let's say, is a Taz vs. RVD match. Uh, Francine and Shane Douglas against Beulah and Tom Dreamer. And the main event of Raven against the Sandman for the ECW title in a barbed wire massacre match. No ropes barbed wire match. Uh, If you've seen or heard any Raven shoot interview, he talks about this show in great detail. That he had gone to rehab. He was the champion. They did a match where Stevie Richards defended the title for him, Sandman beat Stevie Richards for the title, and then Scotty came back, does this match. Um, Only clips of this one ever got shown on TV, Uh, but the rest of the show, like I said, is a real mixed bag. I'm sure Sabu versus Perry Saturn in a singles match is a mess. Uh, This is maybe the only ECW match of Gary Albright. Uh, one can only imagine Gary Albright saw what was going on in ECW and got the hell out of there. But, you know, this is one that'll just never get released. It was pieced up on TV. It was what it was. Uh, so, I just want to get that out of the way because I got no clips for that one. But, this one I got clips for. And this is from 1992. And this is one of those moments that I vividly remember. And, you know, we're, it's, we're in a weird spot because we're currently lining up with uh, as we get to the end of the year, 1992 primetime wrestling, but we're also going to end up lining up with the first year of Monday Night Raw when that kicks in next year. So again, this day, wrestling history, 31 years ago, I'll never forget this day, and I'm going to play the moment right now. want to see the king? You want to know what the king is all about? What he's you want a man, meet a man that just reeks royalty and oh, dignity? Wait a minute, oh, not going to be one of those Elvis lookalikes. Oh, not Elvis lives. Are you is, huh? kidding? Huh? I'm above that, McMahon. I want to introduce right now. I want everybody home to stand up. I want you gentlemen to stand up and rise. Oh, because I'm going to introduce you yeah. to the gentleman that will be seated right here. 
and he will occupy this. Ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, Bobby Heenan has a chair that's covered by a sheet. It's a Hillbilly Jim, it's Vince, and it's Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, Just to give you an idea of the principles here. The King! Jerry the King Lawler! Jerry Lawler! Jerry Lawler! That is right. That's right. Thank you very much, Bobby, My for that pleasure. royal introduction. I can't believe that. And I'm going to let you touch me so that you will know that well, I, I feel it. as good as I look. And uh, that little duet over there, I'm not going to let them touch me. By the way, I think you guys should break up and form smaller groups or something. Please. Thank you. A, a royal throne just for the king. Very fitting here. Oh. Now then, I'm you may be Paul, seated now. We, I beg your pardon? You may be seated. I That's exactly what I said. Well, uh, let me just... Left. Let me just say, I, I said they may be seated. At first, they should have. Do you know the meaning of the word genuflect? It's not something you do in an outhouse, Hillbilly Jim, I'll tell you that. It it's means number bow. One he's talking about. From now on, whenever I enter, Bobby, could you instruct them to at least bow to the king? Well, from now on, I don't think they should even be here. I mean, it's... No, wait, wait, wait. Hold no. on here. Hold on. I got to say something right from the start here, uh, Jerry Lawler, the king. We, on this, on this show here, we treat everybody as an equal. Now, we all have respect, is that right? right? And if you want to get respect right here, right now, you're going to have to give us some respect. Well, that That's is right. your first mistake, because you see, everybody is not equal. Everybody is not created equal. Oh, is that right? I will attest to that. I am, I am living proof of that, because you see, I am better than other people, and I am better than anybody that you're going to see here in the WWF. So get that through your pea brains right now, and I don't really care whether you like well, it or not. Well, we have been joined by royalty here, but right now, let's take you to a former king of the WWF, former World Wrestling Federation champion Bob Backlund, scoring oh, up against the Repo Man. Throw into a Backlund Repo Man match. Jesus Christ. But this was a huge deal, even for me at the time. It would have been 15. You know, I was reading the after mags. I wasn't getting any of the dirt sheets or anything else like that. But even just gleaning through the after mags, your Pro Wrestling Illustrated, your Inside Wrestlings, and your so forths, you know, Lawler was like the perennial independent guy. Uh, you know, he, he had the... AWA stint as well, but he was pretty much a Memphis indie guy. And then, you know, as I've learned over the last several years, you know, going all the way back to 86 and 87, you know, Lawler suing the WWF uh, over them advertising Harley Race in Memphis and the towns that would be on the uh, CWF loop as the king was wrestling. Not saying the king Harley Race, but just the king. And, you know, Lawler was just one of those guys that you never thought would be in the WWF. And this is a period of time where WWF was, you know, in a little bit of a downturn era. This is, you know, right around the time where a lot of people were getting out of WWF. I never got out of wrestling. I've been here the whole time. But to see Lawler show up in WWF, I'd come home from high school. It was a meeting, you know, Monday nights was when they would have like clubs. And I was in a bunch of the nerdy clubs when I was in uh, high school, of course. And I come home and this is what opens the show. And I was aghast. And it's still one of those shocking moments, you know, 31 years on. Um, Now, again, we do flash forward a little bit here to 1997. It's the one of the last, I think maybe we get a couple more that are actually branded as in-your-house pay-per-views, but this is in-your-house DX, 
This is the first pay-per-view, uh, 1997, post, um, the Montreal Screwjob, post everything that happened with Bret Hart. Um, so, it's an interesting card, right? Um, you have a Butterbean versus Marvelous Mark Marrow boxing match, which, you know, is your prototype for what would come, you know, eight months from now with Brawl for It All, or Brawl for All, whatever they decided to call it. Um, this is Jarrett, Double J, who had just defected back from WCW to WWF. Uh, it's the Aztec Warrior gear. He gets a match on pay-per-view with The Undertaker, and he wins the match via disqualification. Um, but we're about two months away from them kind of pivoting here and moving Jarrett a little bit further down the card. Uh, there's an Austin vs. Rock smoke and mirrors match for the IC title. Which, it's really weird because in retrospect, it's like Austin takes on the entire nation by himself. Comes out in the pickup truck. He ends up winning. And then the next night on Raw, he ends up just forfeiting the Intercontinental title to The Rock anyway. Because he's going to go for the WWF title. Which he'll end up getting to. Which we're going to get to the way that everything lines up. Right? Um, there's also on this mat, the show, a uh, Triple H versus Sergeant Slaughter in a boot camp match, which is maybe one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's not one of those matches like, oh, at the time I thought it was good and I've gone back and watched it and like, oh, no, it's not good. No, at the time, uh, you know, 26 years ago I watched it, I'm like, this is bad. And I've seen it recently and it's bad. You should absolutely go out of your way for this. Um, the main event is Sean defending the title against... Ken Shamrock, and sadly, this is what kind of kills Ken Shamrock as a legitimate main eventer. Um, he, he was a guy that Brett really positioned for, and I'm not going to say that this was a political hit to make Ken Shamrock seem lesser than, but I just did, and here we are. Um, Ken Shamrock would never sniff the top of the card again after this, and speaking of which... We do get the reemergence of someone else, which we're going to play the clip of right now. Seemingly Oh, who was that? And Owen is making like he's trying to gouge out Sean's eyes in between punching him. Here comes Triple H to try to break it up. And Owen is now escaping through the crowd. So, this is supposed to be putting Owen into that slot where Brett was to give Sean a program in between Wrestle or between this pay per view and WrestleMania, where he's going to have Austin. He has the match with Undertaker at Royal Rumble next month, which, again, last time I'm saying it, we'll get to. But the next night on Raw, Owen or Sean cuts the promo on Owen and calls him the Nugget. And pivots the feud from Sean and Owen 
to Triple H and Owen, which, okay, I get you. You want to get to the guy at the top, you got to go through the underneath guy, which is Triple H. Triple H ends up winning that feud, right? So, I don't know. They cut the legs out of Owen. They could have had, like, a super hot baby face. They could have had someone running alongside Austin as, like, this rebellious heel. Maybe the thought was that they were too similar if they were both doing the same thing. Whatever it ends up being, you know, Owen could have been a hot act here, but was for not. Was for not, you know? Uh, So we have our head-to-head 25 years ago, Raw versus Nitro. Uh, Nitro, we're going to play some uh, clips from. Now this, there was a lot of discourse online about this episode of Nitro. Um, They're heading up to Starcade, and it was one of those things where, and again, let me give credit to people. I watched that H-Bomber guy thing, and I would be remiss not to let you know, listening to this, that I'm not pulling all these facts out of thin air, right? I listen to Between the Sheets. Chris Zellner, David Bixon, this band do a great show. Subscribe to their Patreon. Very knowledgeable. Very thorough in their research that they do. In all this stuff, the clips that I'm playing here today are either from OVP's Twitter, our Vantage Point's Twitter, or on this day in WWE history. Um, you know, great resources for clips and history and fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I subscribe to all of their Patreons and whatever way to support these folks. I support these folks, right? Um, so Chris and David had mentioned a couple weeks ago on an episode of Between the Sheets that there was talk in the Torch, Pro Wrestling Torch, one of the newsletters, dirt sheets, whatever you want to call them, that here it was in middle of November, they were saying, well, you know, we're hearing word that they're going to put Hall and Nash back together. We're hearing word that the Hogan-Nash program that we never got over the summer is going to happen at the beginning of the new year in 1999. Then, two weeks later, it specifically says... Now, again, the week of December 7th, 25 years ago, in the Pro Wrestling Torch, it says, at the January 4th Nitro, a month from now, they're going to do an angle where Kevin Nash just hands the world title over to Hulk Hogan, and they're going to streamline the NWO. Uh, Get rid of, like, the B-team and have it be, like, top guys, right? A month before it happens. So already in the torch, they know that not only is Kevin Nash going to beat Goldberg at Starcade, but they know that two weeks later, he's just going to hand the belt over to Hogan, Right? So I'd love to know who was stooging this stuff off uh, in the torch. I know Chris and David always have their speculation of who it is, but I was not a dirt sheet reader, a newsletter reader at the time. I was online, but that stuff, when it would be in the newsletters, it would trickle through online a little bit slower 25 years ago. Today, it's in the newsletter at 8 o'clock in the morning, and there's a Reddit post about it at 8.05, and it's being spread around social media at 10 after 8, right? Everything moves much quicker these days. So, again, 25 years ago, they already knew what was going to come out and play against this. And one would make you think, Raw still being taped every other week, they know, okay, we're going to line up against Hogan. Like, they had people reading the newsletters, whatever. They're going to lie and say they don't, and they're full of shit. As a Bruce Pritchard defender, Bruce was at the top of that, uh... 
he had his hand in all those things. I think Bruce was even a source to Meltzer at various points in his career. Uh, Howard Finkel famously would read the newsletters every week and then go to the meetings and give a report of all the stuff that was in the newsletters. These are, you know, things that have been spoken about publicly. So it's not like I'm, you know, betraying someone's confidence with all this, right? So you got to think, they're like, okay, if they're planning that for the January 4th, we're going to be taped that that week. What could we do? Like, let's let's say that they're going to do it, right? What, what, what could we counter-program our show with? And we'll get there. Oh, I said it again. Damn it. Um, what we, could we counter our program with? But what if the dirt sheets are wrong? What if they're lying? Which is the company line that they're lying. Well, it doesn't matter because we'll still have something. You know, we're in a war. We got to put hot stuff out there. And even if they scrap their plan, we'll still have a hot show to run on January 4th, even though we're on a week delay on the tape, right? Uh, so there is some stuff. The, the main event stuff is terrible. For the second time in three weeks, th- on the show they announce a match is going to happen, and then it goes to the end of the show, and either the match gets thrown out, or ruled a no contest, or just nothing, right? Like, even in the official results... Uh, from this episode, it says that the last match on this episode of Nitro is Scott Hall versus Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner, who's the new leader of the NWO, with Hogan retiring and Kevin Nash being in the Wolfpack. But the actual show-closing match was supposed to be Kevin Nash, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Goldberg, which isn't even on like match listings or official results or anything else like that. Even though they announced it during the course of the show... All three guys come out, they brawl, matches get sh- thrown out, folks were out of time. Second time in three weeks that they do this to end the show involving Goldberg and Bam Bam. But anyway, we do have more important things going on on Nitro. Um, and again, anytime that there's a promo from this gentleman, I gotta play it. The pay-per-view event of 1998. I was talking to Ric Flair about a half hour ago. I said, I mean, uh, a couple days ago. Ralphus wants you to want me. People dressed as Ralphus in the crowd. It wasn't too long ago that the Bad News Bears played their fateful game right here in the Astrodome. And it wasn't too long ago that I destroyed that filthy Texan, Bobby Duncan Jr. Why? Because I hate cowboys. And that in turn means all of you faithful Jericho-holics also hate cowboys. Is this why he doesn't like Hangman? And even though Bobby Duncan Jr. is from Texas, tonight, due to all of the wonderful people here who make me their hero, their role model, their paragon of virtue, I am the true hometown hero, y'all. and shut up my sentiments exactly well so you know I, I, I postulated here that this is pretty much the end of Jericho he does get to win his feud with Bobby Duncan. Um, if you care about that he wins this match 
Um, but he doesn't get much more. Like I said, he gets the program at Saturn. Uh, but again, I'm still happy he's getting mic time. But there is one more person that we do play, do we do pay close attention to on these nitros, and that would be the somehow even sadder Scotty Flamingo in Raven. Antonin with tickets for on sale. I don't think that's fair. Where's he going? The horsemen are out. Pouting again. We gotta go, bro. Come on. We're gonna get in trouble. Come on. Such a geek, Daniel. Oh, I'm a geek. I'm a geek. That may be so, pal. But I'm always there for you. At least. We get important lore dumps in this storyline coming up here. Pay attention. Stop Matthew. What about your old high school friend, Harry Saturn? Where's he been? What about your longtime friend, Dee Dee? Excuse me, Diamond Dallas Scum Page. Where's he been? Huh? He's probably some convenience store open. Bang! What about your mentor? What about the guy who broke you in? What about Rowdy Roddy Piper? Where's he been? What's the last time you heard from him? They're not there for you, Raven. I am. I am. Come on. Be there for me. Ah, you're hopeless. So important lore dumps in this whole storyline, right? So uh, Perry Saturn is now Tom Dreamer, uh, you know, high school buddy or whatever it was, right? Uh, We get the bit with DDP that they are friends, which I don't think was ever played up in their rivalry from earlier in the year. Uh, I do like... (laughs) Canyon throwing in there the Diamond Dallas scum page thing because DDP would always call, you know, Hollywood scum Hogan and that sort of thing. But they were all buddies, so they would all fuck with each other like that, right? And then the Roddy Piper thing. Ooh, I wonder where that's going to go. And we're, you know, we're going to see where that goes over the coming weeks. I have a spoiler for you. It doesn't lead anywhere. They just kind of sort of drop it after a couple of weeks. But, uh, ooh, you know, all this Raven stuff is so good. This is like right up my alley. Now, this is all going on over on Nitro. Nitro is live. Raw is taped. And we get one of the biggest moments in Raw history that happened. One of the most iconic images, moments, in the entire Attitude Era happened on this episode of Raw. Stone Cold Steve Austin vulnerable in his head. Remember the shots of the shovel from The Undertaker. Right. What's he doing now? I don't know, but Austin is still not over the concussion that he got from that shovel. And now, The Undertaker... I, I do want to interject here real quick. Um, so they just did a UK-only pay-per-view the night before. And while they were over there, uh, JR Jim Ross had another bout with Bell's Palsy. He finished the show, but again, this would be pretty much the end of JR on TV until WrestleMania this year. Um, you know, obviously JR is still kicking around today. He took some time off recently at AEW, but 25 years ago, you know, he had an instance. Um, yeah, it's just travel was real bad for JR at this time, you know. Um, but that's Michael Cole with laryngitis that you're hearing with, uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Hey, wait a minute, Michael. You don't think he's going to go and bury him tonight, do you? 
Hey, what's this? What in the world? Druid! Listen! It's the Druid! What? Oh, what is that? Wait a minute! What are they doing to it? realizes oh no what is this what the hell are they doing look at the undertaker they lifted him they tied him to that symbol undertaker i'm gonna get your ass you son of a bitch <laughs> So before we get to the implications and everything else of that, so JR not being there, I think, takes away from that. Lawler doesn't have the same gravitas, the same emoting, the same whatever that Jim Ross would have to really sell this angle. And it really felt like Lawler was just reading from JR's script for all of that, right? Number two... There's a taped Raw, so in the last, like, 10, 15 seconds there, that Undertaker promo was, I guess, just, like, an overdub, because it's a close-up of Undertaker standing with Austin behind him, like, doing a pose with his tongue out, and the whole deal. Um, so, again, real corny, real goofy, but this is the infamous Austin gets tied to the symbol by the Undertaker. They crucify him, right? And... WWE got a ton of shit over this, man. But they did not care. They pu- they replayed this all the time. This was the cover of the magazine like two months later. Uh, they were pushing that envelope as hard as they can. And it's crazy to think. And listen, hey, you look who you're talking to. We're talking about S- uh, Scott Levy. We're talking about Raven, right? Raven did this same shit in ECW two years ago. And it ended up costing them a deal with Kurt Angle, and Raven had to go out and apologize out of character and the whole thing. And here we are two years later, it's happening on the biggest wrestling show in the world with their two big, arguably their two biggest stars. Um, 
Now, this would not be the last time that we see the Undertaker symbol or anyone else have a symbol. Um, I think when we get more into that, I'll talk more about that. But there ends up being, you know what, screw it. Adam's not here. I can do whatever I want, right? You guys are a captive audience. We're still going to do the whole show like it normally was. Um, so the idea was that Austin, Rock, and Undertaker are your big three, right? So uh, in June, for the build-up to King of the Ring, June of 99, the symbol comes back. Not to say the symbol really goes away. We see it a couple more times, the Undertaker symbol, the cross. But the Rock now has his own symbol of the Brahma Bull. And it's got, like, the snorting with the smoke, right? And in the lead-up, Undertaker gets tied to the Rock symbol, you know, as a, as a bit of, like, turnabout's fair play. Well, not only was there supposed to be an Austin symbol, but if you remember, there was the smoking skull belt that Austin had. There was supposed to be a Rock belt, Brahma Bull belt, and an Undertaker belt, you know, with the Undertaker symbol and stuff like that on them. And I don't think they ever made it past the proje- production stage. I think they may have done replicas, like toys of them and stuff, but they were absolutely supposed to all be on-screen things during this era, 98 into 99, that there was a specific Austin world title, a specific Rock world title, and a specific Undertaker world title, which, you know, ends up being where we are now in WWF, where everyone has, like, the the custom side plates. Um, But it all kind of started here with the guys having their own custom belts, right? Uh, so yeah, just real interesting stuff. Uh, hopefully you guys think it's just interesting. I think it's all real interesting, you know? Um, so what do we want to talk about from this past week in wrestling, right? I got a lot to talk about. Um, so we're going to take, we're going to veer a little bit. You know, I didn't watch Raw. Um, I watched the closing segment on SmackDown with Randy Orton and LA Knight it was weird seeing L.A. Knight come out and do a run-in in his just regular street clothes. Um, I think L.A. Knight is a guy who should always be, like, in the jeans, in a, a gimmick t-shirt, and the vest, right? Um, as we record, I just got sent to me that they're the there's the L.A. Knight chalk line jacket that's coming out tomorrow. Oh, I got the Christmas sweater. I can't get a goddamn chalk line jacket, but still... Um, yeah, and I was talking to somebody. For the Christmas sweaters, there's a generic WWF one, there's a Cody one, there's a Roman Reigns one, and there's an LA Knight one. And y- you know what I say to that? Yeah! Yeah. Um, Dynamite has been good. Uh, Collision has been good. Because they've been doing the Continental Classic matches. The matches mean something. It's a tournament. I love a tournament. It's a round-robin tournament, which is what I'm going to angle this into, right? Um, So after Collision, on Saturday, they showed what the current standings were. Whether it was going into the main event of Danielson and Eddie Kingston, or right after, just to kind of show where everyone in the blue group is. And Twitter went out of their minds. 
They should never show this graphic on TV. This doesn't make any sense when I look at this. I don't know what's going on. Then even today, uh, as we record this, people are saying Jay or J, uh, J or Mark Briscoe has lost every single one of his matches. He should just quit the tournament and leave. It doesn't matter. It does matter. This is a little bit different than the way that a tournament has been done on American TV in a very long time. Is it a little bit more work to try to figure out how a round-robin tournament works as opposed to a standard single elimination tournament? Yes. Does it, like, require you to pay a little bit more attention than you typically would to your professional wrestling program? Yes. Is it difficult to just say, these are the six guys in this group, they all fight against each other, whoever has the best record wins this group, And then he takes on the winner of the other group of six guys, right? It's just that simple. But, you know, AEW is a very, you know, Japanese-centric promotion. Tony Khan is a big fan of Japanese wrestling, All Japan, New Japan, and so on and so forth. Many of their tournaments are set up round-robin like this. I like it because you get interesting matchups. You know, you get stories throughout the thing of, you know, they do the Continental Classic again and again and again, and there's guys that are in it and... They have great years, but they get into the tournament and they lose. Or they get into the tournament like, I, Brody King right now is undefeated in the tournament. I didn't predict that. I, I had him as the guy in that block that was going to win zero matches, and he's currently undefeated. He's beating all the big-name guys. Um, so I think it adds something to it, but I'm a little bit more uh, adept or a little bit more susceptible to want to see good things come from AEW, because admittedly, I have a lot of friends there, and I really enjoy the product. Not to say that I don't enjoy WWF. I do, but it's a different thing right now. Um, I, I didn't like the way that the whole um, Devil's Masked Men storyline played out. It's very, cl- on Dynamite this week, it's very clear that Max is hurt uh, and shouldn't and can't be wrestling. Uh, cannot do any physicality in a different day, in a different age. Not only would people like Dave Meltzer, but also like bigger name folks, or again, it's really no one bigger than Dave. I actually emailed Dave about something this week, which is very crazy. If I get a response through the course of the show, I'll let you know. But uh, there's one person who knows what's up with that. Um, but it, like that they would all be complaining that like this was false advertising um you know i should go and get my money back this is bait and switch and so on and so forth did you really think you were going to get a match with this when they announced it last week that it was going to be mjf and samoan joe against two of the devil's masked men it very clearly felt like this was an angle and if you thought it was going to be a match unless we were going to get the reveal of who the devil was, which we weren't, or we were going to get the reveal of who the devil's masked men were, which we weren't, then there was no reason to do a match. It was an angle. It was a storyline. And they did a little bit more to play some things into it. They had the backstage with Hangman, Adam Page, and MJF, which I thought was good for the most part. MJF a little bit too cute for his good to start. We get there at the end. Um, I did like MJF accusing Hangman of being the devil. I like Hangman accusing MJF of being the devil, which supports my theory, uh, based on the movie Malignant, that it's, uh, the evil conjoined twin 
that they pushed back into uh, MJF's head. That is the devil. Uh, so again, uh, ah, wait a minute, back into his skull. The tweet about the skull that he found on his ranch that he deleted. Huh. I don't think they're tied. Um, but another thing is the story this week that Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, is in charge of <laughs> fining people and making them delete bad tweets. Now, I will say this, the majority of your uh, rabble-rousers on the AEW roster have been kind of quiet for the last week, right? You go back, I think the last time that MJF tweeted something out was like nine days ago. Um, the, the last time like Soraya tweeted something out was like ten days ago. Outside of like retweeting like an on-sale announcement or Dynamite's on tonight or something like that. But an actual tweet or an actual interaction with a fan, right? And a fan pointed this out specifically about Soraya and Danielson quote tweeted it with a, a gif of him like in the corporate outfits and Danielson ended up deleting that tweet and then Santana formerly of Santana and Ortiz uh, tweeted out something saying that, like kind of generally bitching that he hasn't been on TV in six weeks and he deleted that tweet and then that just opens up a kettle of fish and I was talking to the Discord with some folks. If you're on the at odds or the Longbox Heroes Patreon, you can get a link to join the Patreon, join the discussion with wrestling and comic books and podcasts and TV and movies and food and all sorts of things over there. If you're sick and tired of Twitter, it's a smaller community, but you know. And w <laughs> this is one of those stories that I think people have already conflated in their head. And there's no way to walk it back. How I talked before about a story that ends up in the torch 25 years ago, a month before it happens, doesn't trickle out online for like several weeks. But what sounds more realistic to you that every day Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, still I, I hate that I still call him Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson gets a report, a printout, Probably not a printout. He'll probably get an email because he wants to save the planet and everything. But gets like an email. Here's everybody in the AEW. And here's all of their tweets from the night before. Last 24 hours. And he has to sit there and comb through them. And he has some sort of either line that he's created or a line that's been dictated to him that like, eh, don't cross this line and that kind. Is this? And you sit there analyzing. And then based on... Brian Danielson's input alone, he then goes and makes the person, contacts them directly, and makes them delete the tweet, and or finds them for the offensive tweet. Is that the story? Or is the story that when this was dictated to people, and again, I mentioned before, I know people in AEW, nobody has told me anything one way or the other. Or was the story that Brian, who took on a more leadership position after everything happened after the Wembley show with CM Punk, he's taken more of an authoritative role, he's taken more of a hands-on approach to day-to-day -to -day stuff, booking collision, things like that, 
And do you think that when they announced this to the roster, when Tony or HR, whomever was there at the front of the room, that Brian wasn't sitting with everyone, that Brian was standing next to them, or maybe when somebody gets called in to HR or gets called in by Tony for a specific tweet or a specific something, that Brian is in there as the the wrestler representative because, you know, maybe some people will walk all over Tony and ignore him and tell him to go fuck off. Eh, you might not do that to Brian Danielson. I'm not saying that Brian Danielson is some sort of intimidating figure, but he's a more respected figure. He's a guy in the business, and if he's sitting here next to Tony, and Tony's telling me X, not Twitter X, but X, like whatever. Don't do this, or delete this tweet, or stop doing this on Twitter. And Brian's sitting there. It's like, well, I guess Brian's sitting here. I better listen. I don't want to piss Brian off. I don't want to heat with Brian. And, and Brian, I'm sure, knows that his name and his reputation and his presence carries a lot of weight with, I would assume, the majority of the roster. And I think that would be the good test of if you get told... And Brian's there, and you still say, fuck you, Tony Khan, fuck you, Brian Danielson, I'm going to tweet out my snarky subtweet today, I say you should probably be fired. That's just me, right? You should respect your boss, you really should respect Brian Danielson, right? Um, now, again, obviously this flies in the face of, well, if we don't have a bunch of people that are miserable malcontents tweeting their half-truths and their sub-tweets and liking negative tweets about the company while they're being accused of selling bootleg shirts. And again, I say accused. That's not the story. Danhausen, again, another one where what's funnier that Danhausen was taking designs and probably the most merchandised and marketed and t-shirted up person in the entire roster with the less than 10 matches under his belt on the company, right? That he's gone ahead, and while injured and while not on TV, he's gone and taken those designs to a company somehow lesser than Pro Wrestling Tees, made shittier versions of those shirts, and sold them for less money secretly at conventions somewhere so that he could get a bigger cut of the fucking money. Yeah? You know, as a Jamoke who still has a Pro Wrestling Tees store open, when we make a sale, I get seven bucks. And I'm on the low end of things. I'm sure people that are in AEW probably get a little bit more of a cut. Just based on volume and Pro Wrestling Tees has tiers. Like, if you sell more than 50 for the month, it's X. If you sell more than 100, it's X. Right? Your margin goes up the more that you sell. So, is the story funnier that Danhausen was doing that, or that he wasn't doing that? Well, story's funnier that he was doing that. Whether he was or wasn't, story's funny. Anyway, with everybody now on a leash, and not cocking off and being jerk-offs on Twitter, you know, we're all gonna have to find our discourse somewhere else. And somewhere else we did. So, Broski, uh, a.k.a. Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, uh, put out a tweet, and I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but it was essentially just bitching that he did an indie this weekend, and again, he, he did GCW, and he did Hog, House of Glory. I've been on GCW shows before, I've never run a House of Glory show. But he was bitching 
that in the locker room they didn't even have bottles of water back there, right? So this blows up into this whole thing. Pro-water versus anti-water. People saying, bring your own water. Promoters on Facebook saying, well, you don't get free water when you work at Walmart and this is your job and like all this other crazy shit, right? Now, for the longest time, the companies that I worked for, Chikara, Dragon Gate USA, very rarely, I, I could count on one hand and not have enough fingers left over to take the pickles off my sandwich. But, you know, like five times. Um, that there was food for us backstage. That there was water for us backstage. Now, with uh, Chikara, it was typically like a King of Trios weekend. Maybe on night three, Quack would go and get like a Subway platter, right? And have a couple cups. Because they give them to you. They wouldn't be filled, but there'd be cups there. Uh, a couple times, I think, when Dragon Gate USA or Evolve ran BB Kings in New York, because we were there, they had food for us backstage at those. But because that's the way I was brought up in the business, whenever we would stop and go somewhere before we would get to the building, we'd stop at a convenience store, get water, get coffee. Get something to eat. The onus is on you as a person, right? But that has changed over the last couple years. And I will say with LVAC, I'll even go even further back. When I would do shows for AIW, AIW always had water backstage. They even sometimes had energy drinks. Multiple energy drinks. And more times than not, uh, Smoke and Jays would bring food for the locker room. Like, And when I say food, I mean Good, high-quality, premium food, right? And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of guys maybe played a little fast and loose at the merch table with uh, the fruit snacks, but again, you still, had the bar- you still had the barbecue, you still had other options, you had water, you had energy drinks. The LVAC shows that I've done, case of water, minimal. Uh, chips and nuts and all sorts of other snacky items in, uh, you know, the locker room. And then, depending on what food vendors they had, the people who wrestled the show would also get multiple vouchers to go and get free stuff from the vegan vendors that were there. And listen, vegan food ain't cheap, man. And for them to be giving out, like, 5 10 $15 vouchers for everyone on the show to just go get something for free... Like, that's a big deal, right? Now, again, I lean on the side that if you're running a show, you should absolutely have, at the worst case scenario, I I, I piggybacked on Brodsky's tweet. People were saying you can get a case of water at Sam's Club, Walmart, whatever, for four bucks. You can go get a bag of ice for two bucks. You could bring a cooler from home. And, like, cold water goes a long way over water. But this is what our discourses are because of stupid stuff like this, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe everybody in AEW needs to start tweeting shitty again. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. That's really what I got to talk about. Um, you know, I did my homework. Um, you know, we were going to talk about Dead or Alive, DOA for the Patreon, but again, Adam's not here, so I guess we're not. 
got to talk about that, right? Uh, now, somebody did uh, leave a message for Adam uh, in regards to me going through the trouble and my busy schedule to watch Dead or Alive for the show and then for him just to peace out. Go fuck yourself. And that's everyone cheering, right? Oh, and I would be remiss. And I and listen, I did I did even more of Adam's homework for him. Because how could we forget about this? The Alexis King moment of the week. So uh Lexus King cut a promo backstage near his throne that was shot in an extreme close-up. Uh, I guess he has a match on the NXT TakeOver this weekend. I didn't know there was an NXT TakeOver this weekend. Who the fuck knew, right? Um, but I had a feeling that maybe this promo was done because Brian Pillman Jr. got COVID and they couldn't have him around people and they're hoping he'll be okay uh, by the pay-per-view or premium live event or whatever the hell it is for NXT this weekend. Uh, and also in the conference call for this, Shawn Michaels said that Lexus King is great. Uh, he's really dived in. He's listening. Uh, you know, he's a big superstar. Now, there were people who were tweeting online, talking about this, you know, wherever, saying that WWE hired uh, Jade Cargill away and are doing nothing with her. Um, just kind of as a fuck you to AEW. I think it would also be very funny if they thought that hiring Brian Pillman away from AEW would also be a fuck you to them. Uh, it's a fuck you to you, WWE. He's your problem now, is what I'd be saying. Oh my goodness. So, um, before we get to voicemails, I, I will mention, um, put Adam over here a little bit, that he, uh... He's in third place in the ESPN Pigskin Pickums. Uh, I'm in 21st place. I still got only a little while to go before I fall over onto the second page. But like I said, you know, if you're if you're doing your picks weekly and you're doing worse than me, you can no longer call yourself a football fan. I think that's just the law. Uh, but Adam is very clearly actually he's, he's tied for third place with uh, Fod Ramsey's. Uh, Washington Commanders, which might be Tim, I don't know. Like, everybody should just have their name. Or, like, tell me who you are, you know? And then Styrofoam Anvil is in first. That's a fun name, right? So, I'm just looking over here. Is there anything else that I missed before I get into voicemail? Nope, nope. Let's get into some voicemail, huh? Hi, um, this is Hatro Kids. Um... My anxiety might get the best of me before I finish this message, so just bear with me. Um, anyway, last week, uh, you guys were talking about convenience store willows, and had we ever seen a convenience store willow? Um, I have not, but I was someone's convenience store willow. Um, about 10 or 15 years ago, I was the manager of a store in malls that sells hats, exclusively sells hats. Um, let's just call it, uh, mids. And, uh, it was during the, the holiday season and, um, I was standing in front of the store and someone came up to me and was like, Hey, uh, who do you look like? And I'm, I was like, what? And they said, well, I, what I mean is, 
who do people tell you you look like? And I'm like, uh, and I went through a list of people, and he said, has anyone ever said D'Lo Brown? I was like, yeah. And he was like, I'll be right back. So he leaves and goes away. And I'm like, how does this guy know that I watch wrestling? But I, I didn't tell him it. So he comes back 10 minutes later, and he's like, do you mind if I take your picture? And, again, my spidey senses went up. I'm like, um, why is a strange man taking my picture in a mall? Um, am I going to end up on, like, Craigslist or something? I don't know. Anyway, I agree for, like, some dumb reason. And he says, let me explain. Um, I know D'Lo, and I, I think you look just like him, and I'm going to send him a picture. And I don't believe this guy at all, whatever. Um, so he comes back maybe 10, 15 minutes later after that and says, hey, um, there's a wrestling show um, happening here in the city in, in a couple of days. Uh, do you want to go to it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. And then here I am making all these agreements to this strange man that I don't know. Anyway, um, he says, I'll bring Dilo by. And I go, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, come to find out, the day of the show, he actually brings Dilo to the mall. And uh, I find out that this guy was down in OEW when the Fat Five was there. And by Fat Five, I mean Brock, Cena, Shelton, uh, Randy, and Batista. Um, if you've ever seen the video clip of Brock doing the Shooting Star Press and a dark match on Raw to a guy, he's the guy that's lying down on the ground taking the Shooting Star Press. Anyway, um, he he knows the guy, and I got to meet D'Lo, and the show was a shit show. It ended up the promoter ended up taking all the money afterwards. Anyway, um, I'm still friends with the guy today. He's a great guy, and I'm sending picture proof uh, in a DM later. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for that story, first-time caller. Hate yo kids. Uh, long-time listener of the show. Uh, he's a real good dude. And he had sent me the picture, and I'm like, oh, I don't listen to the calls ahead of time. And he's like, oh, that picture's a spoiler for the call. And I'm like, ah, damn it, you know? But uh, that's a great story. Um, I will say uh, you are much... Uh, in the situation that you were in, I think you did the right thing. You were at work, and you have to be agreeable. Um, if I was off the clock... And that, like, I'm on the clock at my job, you know, working at the mids by the uh, Cinnabon at the Cumberland Mall. Uh, and somebody comes up to me and says, like, oh, hey, you look like so-and-so. I'd be a little bit more agreeable as opposed to off the clock in my civilian life. Um, you know, my answer would be like, uh-huh, and just keep moving. But that's the difference between me and uh, Hate Yo Kids. Thank you for the call, by the way. Uh, next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. I'm seeing on social media some better questions for the week. Questions I'm very much looking forward to hearing the answers. And hearing the answers across the soon to be named network. So I'll just kind of keep it brief. But I did, I did see something. I think it was in the Discord. Sign up for it, listeners, if you're not there. Yeah. Um, what was it called? Uh, Lex Defenders? Yes. Lexus King. Lexus Thunders might be one of the worst things I've heard in wrestling. But then again, I lived through uh, HLA, Hot Lesbian Action, which is also terrible. But you guys have seen a lot, talked about a lot, maybe enjoyed shows I have never watched. Can you think of other terrible terms, phrases, nicknames? What have you in wrestling that are worse than 
sex offenders, or hot lesbian action. All I got this week, I will admit, I'm freaking tired. I don't even think I'll stay awake long enough to listen to the show. I'm going to have to listen to it Friday. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you for your call, Kevin. It's going to be a short show. Is this even a show? Are we doing it? I don't even know. Shout out to Tukey. Got the strike lifted. Date and time. Um, so, if so, this the, the the Lex offenders was the thing that I forgot to mention when we were talking about Lexus King during the. Oh, you know what? I should play the 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 clip again. I apologize. The Lexus King moment of the week. If Pillman Jr. was still in AEW and his name in AEW was Lexus King, there would already be a Lex Offender shirt out on the market. But thankfully, WWE is a little bit more of a classy company as today has a little bit more quality control than to allow something like that to come out. So thank goodness. Uh, now, are we talking about like what someone was called or like a, a segment? Or something that got made it into a shirt. You know, people can point to um, the one of the original Val Venus shirts where it said cocked and loaded and it was spelled out in jizz. That's a pretty bad one. Um, one of the APA shirts said always pound an ass. Again, you know. Uh, but I think one of them, just a red letter one for me, would be when they changed Val Venus's name. Like, everybody has the value propositions, like the bad guy, Riz Ramon, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, right? And then you get Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, you know, all, those sort of things, right? So, for a time, Val Venus was called the Big Valboski, Val Venus. And then for a period of time, he was just called the Big Valboski. That was just his name. That's what it said in the graphic. They no longer called him Val Venus. They called him the Big Val Boski. Uh, that one sucked. And, you know, I'm sure people can tell me other ones, but when Mike Awesome was the fat chick thriller, um, I think when you look at the potential of who and what Mike Awesome was and could have been to that company, and that's what they gave him, and that was the that was the... Ad wizards came up. This is how we can make this guy who was like one of the most devastating forces in, you know, FMW, Japan, uh, ECW, all these things. They're like, no, he's going to wear leisure suits and be the fat chick thriller because he has a mullet. Uh, you know, he was also that 70s guy at the same time. He had like nine, he was uh, the Alonzo Jones of WCW. You know, all he had to do was just say hamburger and it'd all be done. Uh, but I, what Kevin was mentioning there was uh, Mr. Tim, uh, co-host, Final Wrestling Place here, had mentioned uh, if we have any vanity projects uh, that we'd like to work other than our own existing shows. And, you know, again, the shows that I do are my vanity projects. I like talking about wrestling. I do a wrestling show. I like talking about uh, comic books. I do a comic book show. You know, and all the other stuff that I like gets worked in. You know, I work in Simpsons references. I I do a Simpsons podcast. 
Um, you know, I joke around all the time that Brett and I are going to do our WCW 1999 worldwide project. Sure. What the hell? Uh, let's do that. Um, I would love to do, you know, a, a podcast about horror movies. Um, but I'm so woefully out of that. You know, and I do listen to a lot of podcasts, and I do get a lot of ideas from that, or I'll hear somebody in a podcast, and I'm like, oh, I wish I could be on that podcast. I'd say this, that, the other thing. Um, you know, a friend of the show, uh, and my friend Matt Fish will mention, you know, we're both dabblers with all the WATP, uh, Legion of Cowards, Stuttering John stuff. You know, I, I'd love to do a, st- a show about that, but those are shows that already have so much to be done about them um, that my show would just be like a drop in the bucket. And I'm I'm very happy being on the periphery of the Dabbleverse. You know, like Tukey knows who I am, and Cardiff who's a, been a guest on After Dark before. Um, that's about it. You know, I, I talked to Vinny from here to there, Vinny Paulino of some of those shows. But I think, um, listen, I don't listen to these calls ahead of time, but sometimes when I get the transcript, I'll see a word or two, right? And uh, sometimes that's really all I need to know. But let's let's play the last call. It's pink button time. It's young Ed. And then maybe we'll get into a little bit more of those things. But just real quick to answer your question, Tim, I got no other vanity projects that I'd want to do because I already do them. Uh, it's these shows. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's sad. Um, real sad today, you know, uh, with the loss of Ralph. Uh, bums me out. I loved Ralph, man. Uh, I'm sure as you know, uh, my favorite things on that show always involve, uh, Eric the Actor. And Ralph being a constant foil of Eric the Actor, uh, is, was, is definitely the highlight. I liked when Eric was like trying to work on scripts and stuff and it'd be terrible and Ralph would sincerely offer to help him and then Eric would tell him to go fuck himself. Um, just real good shit. Uh, I liked when Ralph would remind Howard that Sam Simon has more money than him. Uh, but if we're doing Ralph memories, uh, which is what I'm going to ask you about, Joe, see if I can think of one. Uh, my favorite is there's an Eric the actor call where uh, Artie is a little out of it. Missed what? the day before for flu-like symptoms. Bad Chinese. And uh, Ralph makes a joke that it sounds like someone's using again. And uh, Artie says, yeah, Ralph, you're using Howard. <laughs> and uh, it is one of the most genuine big laughs I've ever heard from Howard Stern in my life. It is very, 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 very good. Uh, you know, for a long time, I didn't even know that was, he was a stylist. I just thought he was Howard's buddy. I didn't know. Why is Howard even a stylist? His wig looks the same all the oh, time. Oh, come never on. Changes. Uh, for Joe, what's, uh, what's, what's like your couple favorite Ralph, uh, memories? Um, Magnus C.K. said it, and that made me laugh really big, where he said, I can't believe high pitch Eric is outliving everybody. Uh, but Adam, just so you don't feel left out, uh, how do you feel about Kenny Pickett? Sticking with Kenny Pickett? You like that guy? That your guy? That's who you're, you're rolling with? That's him? Hey, buddy! No, we, Adam's not here. We don't talk about no damn football. I don't even know what that means. Um, but yeah, Ralph was... A, um, and that's what we're going to get into, talking about the Dabbleverse people. Um, a lot of the Dabbleverse people are more O&A-centric. 
and I'm obviously very much more stern centric. I would say like I'm 98% stern and like, you know, uh, disputed finish when it comes to, uh, ONA stuff. I actually really didn't like ONA. I think ONA are really overrated. Um, the couple times that I ever heard ONA, they came off as lame and very much as copies of Howard or tryhards trying to be Howard, but we're talking about Ralph Sorella, Howard stylist. And again, I've been a fan of Howard since the late eighties, you know, and on uh, the channel nine show is really where Ralph came in. Um, and Ralph has like a, a zit or a birthmark or a something on his face. Um, and they would call it a berry. And there was a skit that they did on the Channel 9 show where they interviewed Ralph's Barry, if you could find that episode of the Channel 9 show, where they zoom in on Ralph's face and they cut to, like, a puppet of the Barry. That's a good one. Um, Ralph, again, was, like, genuinely Howard's friend and it was a relationship that he cultivated and him and Howard would snipe each other on the air and I think that was one of the things about Ralph and I know... Um, he would really get under Fred's skin, who I loved, and Artie's skin, who I loved, and Stuttering John's skin, and Fuck John, he's a piece of trash. But Ralph would give it to Fred and give it to Artie fearlessly, but he would also give it to Howard as well. He was He would always be on Howard's side, but he would always stick the knife in on Howard just a little bit. And yeah, and that's and this is a weird thing too. And again, I'm not judging anyone who says this sort of thing because this always comes up. Um, was it Fred the Elephant Boy who died earlier this year? And then of course last year Gilbert passed away, right? And everyone always says, "Oh my God, I can't believe Ralph died and Artie's still alive. I can't believe Ralph died." And High Pitch is still alive. I can't believe Ralph died and Beetlejuice is still alive. And, like, that feels so morbid to me. You know, like, to to judge one person's life and, like, whatever your opinion of Artie and Beetlejuice and High Pitch and, you know, right, Ralph Sorella. But Howard talked about it. Ralph was 58. He didn't take care of himself. And, you know, this is someone talking who doesn't take care of himself. I have a, my first doctor's appointment in over seven years coming up next week. Uh, I, I would joke around, and I don't remember if it was on mic or off mic. Like, my kid, you know, he, he has a doctor's thing that he needs to get taken care of this week. And my wife had some stuff that she had to get taken care of this week. And it's like, okay, you had the easy ones. Now now you're going to get the hard one, right? These were the, these were the starter humans. Now you, get the, now you get the fucking mess, right? Now figure out this puzzle. Figure out this riddle of a disaster of a human being, right? Um, but that being said, I would just find it so odd and so morbid. You know, like, Artie did live a bad life, and he's trying to get himself straightened out. And we don't know what everyone's story is. And, you know, obviously then that gets into things of, like, you know, suicide or such other things like that. And listen, I can't tell you how you handle another person's death, and maybe it, it is saying, like, well, I compare it to this other person who should have died long ago, or someone who's taking care of themselves worse, but up until this week, we didn't know what was going on with Ralph's life. Ralph was really big on social media, and he gave up Twitter about two years ago, and his last Instagram post was about five months ago. 
And, you know, we, you don't know. You, you never know what's going on in someone's personal life, you know, and, and it's easy to judge. And I, I, I do it as well. And I don't want it to seem like I'm judging you for judging this. It's just, I, I don't ever see myself being the person like, oh, I can't believe this person died and that person's still alive. It's a lot of like, man, 58, you know, that's 12 years older than me, you know, and Ralph lived a really good life and a, a very fulfilling life. But that's me on the outside looking at it, you know, being a Howard Stern fan for 40 years and a friendship with Howard that was 30 plus years and friendships with Sam Simon and John Stamos and all these celebrities and stuff like that. But maybe that's not what Ralph wanted. You know, that's just was the circumstances of his life. Maybe he wasn't happy. We don't know. We'll never know. Um, we just know that someone who was a part of, a very big part of, something that I was and am still very big fan of, um, you know, even though I haven't listened to Howard in 12 years, I'm still considered a fan. I still put myself in that bucket, you know. Um, but that's what this show is when Adam's not here to bring the show down. I, I bring it down further, you know. Um, plug time. I guess, and then we'll get to a, a, a brief weekly purchase a segment. Uh, I, I expect Adam to almost call in by me just saying weekly purchases, maybe playing the jingle. We'll shake him out. But um, you can make, uh, I mentioned before, of course, uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash oddswrestling, or at oddswrestling. What the hell is it? It's It's linked up in the show notes, right? Hang on. I know if you go to at odds wrestling, it'll get you everywhere you need to go. Uh, but the Patreon, uh, it's patreon.com slash at odds wrestling. And you can go there. Uh, we have the interview that I just did with Eddie Kingston up, uh, for the conversations with Joe. We have the, uh, one with Dasher, Avery Good. Sean, uh, coming up uh, sometime this month. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know who I'm going to look to for January. I, I, it it might be Sidney Bacabella. I, I haven't asked him yet, though. Um, it could be someone else. He, he did, and again, I hate to say this, he did time in Chikara. Um... <laughs> he's more known for his time in Ring of Honor, but um, that one, I would have to get the lawyers involved <laughs> before that one gets released. But I haven't even thought of asking anyone yet, but I think the next person I'm going to ask is uh, Sidney Bacabella, which will be interesting. Go sign up for the Patreon, support us. Um, also, you could support us by signing up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. IWTV, uh, use the promo code at odds, does not give you anything extra up front other than hours upon hours of great independent wrestling, but it gives us a little bit of a kickback if you keep your subscription with Jerry and the crew. Um, one of Jerry's other ventures had people at uh, my wife's work this past week, and uh, she saw the last, they saw the last name. And they're like, oh, do you know Joe? And they're like, I know Joe, because I did stuff with Joe back when Gerard did the wrestling stuff. And that's how you out yourself. If you call Jerry Gerard, you're a fake, you're a phony, you're a fraud, and I want nothing to do with you. 
His mama named him Jerry. I'ma call him Jerry. Gerard, get the hell out of here. I'd be like, one day I'd just start making everyone call me Joseph. You'd all tell me to go fuck myself, right? Exactly. Uh, but one of the shows uh, that you can go and check out over at Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium is the most recent LVAC event, Steel Stack Smackdown 2. Uh, they did stream it live as that happened. Sadly, I missed that one um, due to having COVID. <laughs> but if you are a physical media person, whether it be digital physical media or physical physical media, we do have the links up that you can get the Steel Stack Smackdown 2 show on both MP4 and DVD. I'm a DVD man myself. I always like to have the physical copies of those shows for prosperity's sake. Uh, you know, this is probably going to be the last things that I do in the world of professional wrestling other than this podcast. Speaking of which... The next LVAC show is coming to National Sokols on the 29th, which is three weeks from now, as you're listening to this. That is the Friday after Christmas. Um, the show is walk-up only. I think at last announcement, there was five pre-sales left. And I don't run anybody. I don't want to run anyone's social media, but I'll certainly give you advice and I'll tell you what you're doing wrong on your social media. Because uh, most people are doing wrong on their social media. Most people that aren't me suck. Anyway, uh, currently there's two matches announced for the LVAC show coming up on the 29th of December. Uh, and that would be uh, Tony Deppen and Rex Lawless taking on Cheeseburger and the debuting DK, DK Van Du. I don't know much about DK. And I don't think that DK stands for Danky Kang or Donkey Kong, or anything like that. Uh, but also, we have the announced tag team match of Little Mean Chicas, of Little Mean Kathleen and Clara Carreras, taking on the spiteful troublemakers in Harleen Lopez and Shannon Lavangi. Uh Shannon Lavangi, you might know from the Rad Pro Wrestling shows, uh, she's the girl who's blind. Uh, like, she's got, like, the spooky gimmick there. Uh, the Shannon Lavangi one is more of, like, kind of a, a shit heel, like, gymnastic type thing. She's really good. But they'll be there. Uh, those shows typically don't go more than five matches, six at the most. Um, there's two bands playing. One of them is, uh, Wicca Phase Springs Eternal, my friend Adam's side project that I don't know the name of, because that's not my kind of music. Uh, but go to the show. Um, the Sokol shows typically, and I'll say like 95% chance that this one will not be streaming just because I don't think internet exists in the area of, uh, Bethlehem, Lehigh Valley, where the Sokols is, but they have a bowling alley in the basement, so I think that more than makes up for it. Uh, you can also support us by making any and of all of your purchases through our eBay affiliate link, which is linked up with the show notes over at AtOddsWrestling.com, everywhere that you find the show. Uh, when you click on links to various merchants on the site to make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. I just recently had to go look something up for my nephew for Christmas on eBay. And we ran into a situation where he's four going on five, and he watches YouTube videos, and he sees a toy, and he wants that toy. But the problem is, 
he's watching a video that was made almost eight years ago for an item that you cannot get anywhere. So his mom's got me searching around on eBay for it. It's a crazy amount of price. I went through the same thing when my kid was that age. He'd watch a YouTube video of a toy that was four, five, six, seven, eight years old. Now I got to pay a premium for it on eBay. If you have a kid in your life that's making you do that, make sure you use our affiliate link when you go to eBay to buy an inflated purchase price for a nine-year-old Rocket League Hot Wheels set where the digital online redeem code expired three years ago, so it's worthless anyway. Um, Also, make uh, TeePublic is having a sale um, for pretty much all of December. Uh, up until the 18th, any of the purchases that you make through our Tee Public store is 35% off. Get designs inspired by this show, by the soon-to-be-named network, uh, by Final Wrestling Place. Uh, Tim and DeWiki, the Jingle Meister, a couple months ago came up with some ideas talking about uh, Hulk Hogan being a liar, uh, ta- Bad Terry, and Bad Terry still lies, or Bad Terry lies. Those are a bunch of fun shirts. We actually had a couple sales. Uh, that the payouts for those aren't coming for another week. And uh, the folks that those are aligned to will get the their cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like I said, 35% off from now until the 18th. I think they sent out an email saying that you can make purchases up to the 12th and not have to pay expedited shipping on them. Um, but obviously you could certainly buy after the 12th, still get 35% off, just pay a little bit more if you want it there in time for the holidays. Um, and also, while you're listening to podcasts, be sure you check out uh, some of our other friends in and out of the network. Uh, that would, of course, be Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, We Need Wrestling, coming out later today, Porch Talk, which is on hiatus, especially now that there's snow on the ground in northeastern Pennsylvania, Viewer's Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hiya Bussy, that Thanksgiving episode is going to come out any day now. And final wrestling place. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. And I know Marcus these days has several wishes, but this is at the top of his list. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. And uh, we'll close things out with this. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Adam, did you purchase anything this week? No, you didn't. Too bad. So, uh, as I mentioned, spending freeze for myself. It's the holidays. We still got to do some more Christmas shopping. Um, we still got like another like two weeks before we have to finish that up. We had a birthday party get delayed. That it was one of those things where it's like one of my family members, like a second cousin, who's still very close with. His birthday party was supposed to be last weekend. And it's usually like, okay, after his birthday party, like, we know we got for his birthday. Now we can get, like, the shit for his Christmas. We still got to fill in the rest of those gaps for anyone. I think I'm pretty much done with my kid and my wife. 
Uh, we went to New York City this past weekend. Uh, go listen to Longbox Heroes After Dark for the full story. I will just say this. I do not recommend going to New York proper on the weekend during the holidays. It is the ultimate of shit shows. But we did a lot of walking around. My kid got to see a bunch of the stuff um, that he wanted to see. I, I got a picture of him in front of the tree. He got to see the real cool light display that they do outside Saks Fifth Avenue. But... Walking around a bunch in the city sucked. I was in a lot of pain. And I'm the type of guy that just wears Converse Chuck Taylors and have worn Converse Chuck Taylors almost exclusively for the last 15 years. Uh, I'll buy the Dr. Scholl's insert to put in them just to give me a little bit added support. But from doing walking around and being a big fat fuck, you know, those get worn down pretty well. And I got about three pairs of shoes that I wear in the regular. It's just like, okay, when I get the new insoles, they go in this pair, the old ones go there, the old ones go there, and they just kind of cycle, and that old pair, the oldest ones get tossed, right? So my wife is like, alright, well listen, you're going to go and get new insoles for those, and or you're going to get new sneakers. Now, part of the reason that I don't get myself new sneakers is because I got a big foot. Um, and every company sizes things differently. You know, they even measured my foot while I was there, and I measured at one size, and because of the shoe type, I had to get something else. Because I had bought myself a pair of sneakers. It's the first time that I'm buying myself a pair of sneakers in, I would say, almost 15 years. Um, and like our good friend Mark, RIP, come back to Twitter. Um, I got a pair of New Balance sneakers. Um, and I was hesitant, right? I'm like, I like my Chuck Taylors. I don't like something different. And I know there are people that listen to the show that are sneakerheads, as they say. And listen, I didn't get something fancy. I got something for comfort. As soon as my wife brought them out, I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like that about them. But I put them on, and they felt fantastic. Now, is it that these are a really good shoe? Or is it the fact that I've been wearing size 15, you know, two-color choice Converse Chuck Taylors with Dr. Scholl's inserts in them for the last 15 plus years, and now I'm actually wearing a shoe that's made for comfort and actually fits my foot, that's a different story. Uh, but these are uh, Fresh Foam 880s New Balance. They're like a black and a gray. Um, you know, they're a little breathable, if you will. I don't know how they're going to do in the snow, but they got like a, a little bit bigger of a heel on them. As uh, our good friend Brett tweeted out earlier this week, that there was snow on the ground, so unfortunately, flip-flop weather is over. And I will say, you get a nice pick, thick pair of socks, you go with those flip-flops, and you can extend flip-flop season a little bit longer. But uh, these shoes are very comfortable. If you are someone who's an old and needs uh, support and comfort, I recommend these. But I also recommend going to a non-chain shoe store in your area. Um, and, you know, having them fit you and try stuff on and do the whole thing. And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fashion guy by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, maybe I'm a comfort guy now. I don't know. We'll see. And the only other thing that came up was, uh, they're doing the, I guess McFarlane Toys is doing the repros of the, uh, old Superpowers figures and the next set just came out this week. Uh, luckily there's no Sinestro chase, but there is a Sinestro. The chases are a gold Batman and a gold Flash. Don't need either of those. Need a Sinestro. I might become a Sinestro collector. You know, we'll see. We'll add them to the list with the Bib Fortuna things. But it's a cheap figure. It's like 10 bucks. Uh, everybody in the Discord said, you don't really need to jump on this one right now. 
um, because the other two series are still pretty plentiful out and about. Uh, but I got my eye on it. That's next. But like I said, the shoes were a necessity. I didn't want to buy them. I had to buy them. I don't need a Sinestro. You know, somebody wants to buy me a gift, be nice, buy me a Sinestro. Uh, but that's it. That's the show, man. Um, I don't know. You tell me. This is very different. Uh, I had to record things a little bit different to pull the curtain back at the end of the show. I assume everyone's tuned out by now because a lot of times when they hear the uh, the weekly purchases jingle, they just shut off the show. So I can kind of say like Adam told me like two weeks ago about this and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do for this. And uh, I didn't want to reach out to anyone and bug anyone. You know, it's the holidays and like, oh, what's your schedule? What's my schedule? What's this? Um, and, you know, then we had some stuff come up this week, um, which is why Longbox Heroes was late. You know, everybody's fine. It's just, you know, my kid's having some trouble with his braces and it's affecting, like, his throat, his, his uh, digestion, and his breathing and stuff like that. So, you know, we just had a little bit of an emergency on Tuesday. He's going to an ENT on Friday to go get that looked at. So, fingers crossed that everything's going to come across there. You know, this is my guy. I'm really worried about him. It may have, uh, you know, caused me to, uh, you know, not handle the whole thing very well Tuesday night. Uh, again, don't want to pin it completely on him, but I was absolutely in no mental condition to record on Tuesday night. I'm going to say that. Uh, but everything's okay. Uh, I'm feeling much better now, like Harry Anderson's father would say on Night Court. Um, so yeah, I just didn't want to bother anyone. I'm like, oh, let's see how we do with this. And I was dicking around trying to figure out ways to pick up all the clips and stuff. Cause like some of them are, I'm just playing off bookmarked tweets. Some of the stuff I'm playing off, um, the ad blocked, uh, WWE network. And then other stuff I'm playing off of my low-res freeware soundboard. And I was just like, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? And I tried a bunch of different things. And I ended up going back to OBS, which my kid had uh, installed. Uh, StreamYard was the closest. But StreamYard, I couldn't figure out how to pick up the stuff that was playing off the browser. I could add clips and make my own soundboard in um, StreamYard, but with OBS, I did a couple tests. I did like three tests before I recorded this part. It's like, okay, is it playing off this? Yes. Is it playing off this? Yes. Is it playing off this? Yes. Now can I do all three, including me speaking? Yes. Worked. Great. Fantastic. You have a show. Is this a show? It's no longer a show. This was the show. Thanks for listening to episode 270 of At Odds with Wrestling. Uh, for just me, uh, and I do, you know what, I, I do have one more thing for Adam to close things out uh, before I say, uh, be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. Go fuck yourself. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.